Namaste, yogis and friends. I'm Kino McGregor. And I'm Tim Feldman. And we would like to welcome you to Miami Life Centers podcast. Om Yogena Chitasya Padena Vacham Malam Sharirasya Chavaidyakena Yopa Karotam Pravaram Muninam Patanjalim Pranjali Danatoshmi. Repeat after me. Om Yogena Chitasya Padena Vacham Malam Sharira Shacha Vaidyakena Malam Sharira Shacha Karotam Pravaram Muninam Yopakarotam Pravaram Muninam Patanjalim Pranjali Rana Toshmi Good second line today, very nice. <coughs> um, so I have this idea that uh, that we I can go quickly over this uh, next. Uh, um, wow, uh, up until number twenty-eight. <coughs> so let's see if that's actually possible. Also, yesterday I thought I could include it in the eleven sutras that we went over yesterday. So living and learning so yesterday we spoke a little bit about that uh, there is such a thing as it's called yogic action it's called kriya yoga and that that is what we're supposed to do we must take yogic actions what patanjali suggests to us proposes is that we must must commit and act according to the path of yoga the kriya yoga the path of kriya yoga continuously without interruption and <coughs> when we talk about Kriya and we talk about actions, we talk about thought, word, and deed. We talk about that trinity at all times. Um, now, the reason he says that is uh, not like just out of the blue. The reason is because if we don't, then the five kleshas will rule. And the five kleshas are not a very noble or a very pleasurable realm of living so um, if the five glaciers rule then the five seats <coughs> these five seats of suffering which they are will be the playing field will be the growing field for our whole lives for everything else that happens in our mind and in our body and in all our experiences so if we want to be happy if we want to be free uh, we, our job is, uh, what we must try is to thin out the glaciers little by little until they become manageable. <coughs> um, we must try to dissolve them. The way we do that is by practice. Practice Kriya Yoga, which uh, the key kind of to Kriya Yoga is to practice what? Huh? Ikatatva! ten thousand dollar yes okay all right through ikatatva comes tiana and tiana is that absorbed state that uh, place that leads straight into samadhi on a good day all right and samadhi is um, the state of union is the state of yoga okay so that's what we're trying to do that was easy okay 
so now comes uh, for the next uh, like 16 17 sutras comes uh, some definitions of some of the philosophical foundations upon which all this uh, uh, rests um, and uh, we have been talking about the, this uh, a fair bit so this is why I think I can just go over it a little bit more quickly let's see if that's actually true so the first one that we will do today is uh, this the 12th sutra of the second book <coughs> and it goes like this Klesha Mula Karmasha Yo Trishta Adrishta Janma Vedaniyaha Repeat after me Klesha Mula Karmasha Yo Drishta Adrishta Janma Vedaniyaha Okay so you know the word klesha, you also know the word karma, you also know, know the word mula, as in mula banda, as, as the, the, the root, blah, blah, blah. Okay, <coughs> so let's see here. So the idea here uh, is the whole cyclic, um, uh, samskaric uh, wheel of samsara, the whole thing that action leads to the next action, and that every action uh, is spurred by a deep subconscious um, uh, imprint patterning that has happened <coughs> before this moment when I'm taking this action. And that the action that I'm taking today is completely colored, if not tainted by that previous build up pool of <laughs> stuff that <laughs> makes me <laughs> react in a particular way. Yeah? The samskaras. Yeah? So, um, so what he says is that these glaciers, they lie deeply within us. <coughs> they lie, they are deeply rooted. They lie deeply rooted and they are dormant these patterns uh, they are in all of us so when you feel the you know ragadvesha binivesha and so forth like work on you don't think that you are the a bad, bad person and the only one in the universe like because it happens to even the educated and the sages and the sadhus and the gurus and all that just look at Patabi Joyce so we just had a situation where everyone loved Patabi Joyce and then suddenly like all this information comes out that he's touching women inappropriately and then when that's like starts to to hit the floor then more people start to bring up more information more information and more information about it and suddenly it's like we come to a place where it's like everybody kind of knew you know what i mean so then it's like so here we have a man who is uh, who has dedicated his whole life to yoga yet he is not free of the glaciers, yet he is not free of the disturbances, yes, yet he could not live by the yamas and the niyamas the way he suggested everybody else to do. Yeah, so um, what I'm trying to say is, um, you know, if he couldn't handle it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, 
And it's not that it's not that we shouldn't try. It's just that uh, failure is part of the part of the process. Except for you, Donna, you cannot fail in Bakasana B. Okay, <laughs> that's the only thing. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Don't fail. Okay. So. And, and the reason that I'm mentioning it, this is that they lie dormant, these imprint lie dormant in us, as we spoke about yesterday, and they can come to, f to, sp to spur, to sprout, to fru fru fruition, fruition? Fruition. Fruition. fruition at all times. Under the right uh, circumstance, they will come to fruition. fruition. Yeah? <laughs> Um, such as Patabi Joyce has a whole yoga shala full of people that trust him and some ladies he thinks are attractive and therefore he kind of can help himself. Yeah. Um, if he hadn't been presented with that opportunity, it would probably never have happened. But it did. Yeah. All right. <coughs> so, um, so we have karma. Karma as karma just meaning action. The idea is that one action evidently and without a doubt will spur one more action. Just like if you're in an argument with someone and you're starting to lose your shit kind of <laughs> in the argument, then when I bring I say something to Vanessa, I say, You didn't do the dishes. And then Vanessa she's like, ah, oh, that sparked in her is like, what do you mean that you didn't tell me I should do dishes? And then I'm like, yes, but you should just know it by yourself. It's like, what do you mean I should just know it by yourself? As a matter of fact, I was in, in Brussels when you wanted me to do the dishes. So like that's constant like ping, pong, ping, pong. And I have a good point and she has a good point And we just, it's going to be never ending like this. Until one says, I'm going to stop this cyclical uh, uh, progression of one action into the next action into the next action into the next action yeah I don't know if that was the very best example but that was kind of the one that came up right now so um, <coughs> all right now these actions again they are all they're all spurred from the clashes it's not like my experience and emotion is pure and spontaneous and built on the on what is in front of me on reality what it's mainly built on is everything i have experienced previously and the patterning that it has set inside of me there's some scars yeah um i'm just saying what i just said i'm just saying it again so <coughs> okay um and all these actions that have been uh, uh, these samskaras, they are, they are built on previous actions that are built on things that are built on the kleshas. Things that we like, things that we don't like, things that is a threat to who we are, um, things that uh, drives our ego forth. And But first and foremost, all of that happens because we don't have the overview. We don't have the knowledge. We don't know. We are ignorant people, just like Huang. Right? <laughs> we defined that yesterday. Yeah. Right? Yes. Well, let's I just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is smart guy. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. 
Um, all right, and you can see the cycle, right? You can see, and this is why this is depicted karma klesha. Some scholars depict it as a wheel, and the uh, Sanskrit word for that is uh, samsara. And this is where Carmen says, I would like to lead the wheel. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Um, let's go to the next next one, number 13. <laughs> Repeat after me. Sati. Mule. Tatvipako. Jachayo. Bogaha. Okay, very good. So, and here he just defines very clearly what we just said. He says, as long as there is the, so as long as the glaciers exist, as that root is there, that will happen again and again and again and again. So, since this is the wheel of suffering, then we would like to get the that root uprooted. We would like to not have that happening anymore. Um, so, um, but and, and the result of this, the consequence, the three consequences of this uh, uh, cyclic karma klesha samskara uh, cycle, the samsara, the wheel of samsara, so the wheel of samsara, is um, that there are three consequences, <coughs> and so this reaches into our everyday lives, but it also spans toward in between life. So remember that we have this idea that there's purusha that keeps. Uh, that is permanent and that is taking on different shapes and forms to uh, in the attempt to learn and and uh, and, and gain consciousness uh, and awareness through experiences and for that it uses prakriti. So therefore, we have this uh, this uh, uh, entity, this permanent soul that moves through time and space, and uh, um, and takes on new clothes, new bodies, and so forward. So all this is not only in one lifetime, it also happens from lifetime to lifetime. And this is important because these uh, decisions that is ba based on the wheel of suffering has three consequences upon which one is the choice of the uh, birth that we choose next time. So the type of birth that we choose next time is built on this. Just like my glaciers and this whole thing defines whether I'm going to take a drink of this super healthy thing or if I'm going to go for the cortadito. <laughs> Guess <laughs> what I'm going to go for. So. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so, yeah. So that means if I have cultivated <coughs> a strong passion, a strong necessity and craving for cortaditos, then I'm going to make sure that I am born in Italy my next life, you know, and no, something like that, right, <laughs> where I can get super coffee. Whereas if I have created a more healthy uh, patterning within me, I'll make sure I am uh, born right next to the mango tree cafe over here so I can get this at all times. In that way, we have defined that Miami is a really spiritually highly evolved place to be. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> okay. Okay. Um, so the second one is the type of life, the lifespan that we are uh, choosing. So um, uh, basically, so th these uh, this uh, paradigm 
of the cyclic uh, wheel of, uh, of uh, Karmaklesian Samskara, um, puts in an app that has a battery that's going to run for like a, a lifetime uh, within one lifetime. Now, so if we do nothing, it's going to take us through that next life according to that choice that we took that depends on the patterning that we created before that. Does that make sense? So, but what there is here, there is the possibility of beginning to apply Kriya Yoga. So we can insert ourselves into that app and we can start to change the app. Yeah, so we, instead of going for cortadito life, kind of life, type of life, we go for healthy juice type of life. So even if my previous life has uh, pushed me to choose a cortadito reincarnation, then I am able through Kriya Yoga to transfer it over to become a healthy green mango juice or whatever, mango tree juice. Does that make any sense? Am I explaining this somewhat pos yeah, yeah, you understand? Well, you can change this life. If you do nothing, you are going to be a slave to the five kleshas through the samskaras and therefore your actions. Now, but you can intercept. Yoga is the, uh, is the, is the principle of interception. So if you intercept this whole thing by doing Kriya Yoga, then it's possible. Um, in detail, doing an Ekatattva focus on Kriya Yoga. Then it's possible to move from just being a slave to the pleasure to start to insert conscious choice and redirection. Yes? Good. Was that your question? Okay. <coughs> Good. All right. And the third consequence is that experiences related to this app, to this paradigm, will take place. So if you have cho chosen the Cortadito path, you will have heartburn and heart palpitation, but you will be awake all day. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. If you have chosen this, you might feel a little bit sleepy, but you're going to feel a little bit more healthy and juicy <laughs> in general. Okay. So Patanjali says that the glaciers define the birth we take, the type of life we get and therefore live, and the experiences that is set that we are set out to get. Yeah? we can intercept if we are smart okay next one 14 chehlada parita papala punya apunya hetu twate repeat after me chehlada parita papala punya apunya hetu twate okay so Oh yes, so that was like the third. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Oh yes, so what he says here is depending on the, the type of samskaras that we have, the the, the how how strong the glaciers are on us or not, we will have experiences ahead of us that will be either sukha or dukkha of nature. That will either be pleasurable or unpleasurable, sweet or unsweet of nature. Um. 
so he says if you have been if we have been living a, a life where we have cultivated uh, maybe less noble traits within us then the next uh, life will be in that paradigm mm. of less noble paradigm whereas if you've been um, living a life where you have been a very stand-up kind of person then you're more likely to live in that kind of paradigm next time yeah or in very simple if you have studied music in the whole life then next time you come back you will be Mozart yeah and if you haven't you will not be Mozart right. okay um. <coughs> All right, number 15 goes Parinama tapasamskara tukaehiya gunavriti virudacha te tukam yeva sarvam vivekinaha. Repeat after me. Parinama tapasamskara tukaehiya gunavriti virudacha tukam yeva sarvam vivekinaha. So you can so we can see based on this idea that <coughs> um, if we start to think about it, it is not a very good idea just to follow the app. It is not a very good idea to live mindlessly and without w I, uh, in automatization and just like reacting from moment to moment and doing whatever is acting to whatever comes forward to us because then that's just following what we set up previously so what we want to try to do is we want to try to become aware of what's going on inside of us and we want to try to become aware of what of the way we live our lives and the thoughts that we think and the words we express and the actions that we take if they are to our benefit long term and it's also short term or not and that um, uh, process process of individualization that process of getting to know ourselves and uh, what we do will probably lead us uh, to the decision that that is a, uh, that that kind of interception is a good idea to do and that um, um, the alternative to that is that we will just suffer we will just constantly end up in situations where we are not being fulfilled where there will be pain involved so what he's saying here is that the wise realizes this and the fool doesn't so the wise realizes this and begins to live his life um, accordingly when we begin to see that any action that we do is rooted in the glacier and they just keeps that whole circle of pain perpetual pain uh, 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 going which they often talk about as an enslavement which is slaves to you know our the forces deep inside of us when we're beginning to realize that and that we are creating not only pain for ourselves but for everybody else and it's this like huge web that is just keeps building it keeps building and, and building that has a negative consequence when we begin to uh, uh, realize that we realize that it is a good idea to go on the path of yoga yeah to begin to intercept to begin to discriminate I think is the word that he used here 
okay um, the next one is number 16 <coughs> and it says heyam to come is that right yes that's all you were heyam to come and agatam so uh, repeat after me heyam to come anagatam so what this uh, says is that the pain that hasn't <coughs> arrived yet should be avoided yeah <coughs> so there is lots of pain that has arrived already due to our previous uh, actions <coughs> and the consequences and the birth that we have taken from a uh, as a result of a previous life and the actions that we've taken in this life that has led us to where we are today and there's lots of pain involved and that is all fine now we're here and but now it's a good idea to discriminate and say I don't want more pain yeah I will drop the automatization I will bring in Kriya Yoga I will begin to intersect the wheel does that make any sense so if I don't do that in a, if I just let myself act completely according to my uh, to what's going on and my desires and my pleasures then I'll catch I'll go for this cup every time but then I realize oh it's not so good for me and actually and this is a true story Patabi Joyce and Saraswati his daughter and Sharat uh, his uh, grandson they used to drink coffee all the time so when I first arrived in the Shala in, uh, in Mysore <coughs> in 2003-2004, they, they, like they would make some coffee and they would drink that. So, so you know, they would be working us all the time and then suddenly they were all gone. For like five minutes they would be gone. <laughs> and you know, and after a while you realize, it's like, you're like, where did they go? You know, there was like, I was about to bank end and then like I had to wait five minutes and there was no one to be seen. It's like, oh, they're in the office having coffee. <laughs> because they wake up like at one or two in the morning and they start to teach from four or five, you know, and they finish around 12. It's a long shift, you know? So they needed a little bit of oof sometimes. So they were drinking lots of coffee. And um, recently, Sharat, he started to have some health problems because of the coffee that he would be drinking. So, Sharat has intercepted that. So, he's now drinking green tea and <laughs> smoothies. <laughs> and he's coming here the first week of May. And last time he came, we found a Brahmin chef that could cook food in the classic Brahmanic uh, style. And this time we were trying to do the same. And then we were having a little hard time with it and then he brought up that he actually had a chef that he that lived in U in Europe in Portugal that we would like to bring so we said oh so he's going to we're going to bring an indian chef a brahmin indian chef from portugal to the us tour to cook for him and we were like looking at the numbers we were like all right let's do it then he told us who it was this is a brazilian lady that is uh, uh, specializes in 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 raw and vegan food <laughs> so and then was and then I asked him and he's she's cooked for him before she's like Anita what uh, kind of food does he make do you make for him oh he likes to have a salad and a smoothie for lunch yeah. I was like what the heck you know can we just go down to the mango tree for that <laughs> you know? um, but now you know now Anita is coming so <coughs> So that was kind of funny. I can eat it too. <coughs> so what what uh, what uh, Shadow is trying to do is he's trying to avoid the pain that is 
a coming. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Okay. <coughs> 17. Drastu drasha yo sam yoga here here to who? Repeat after me. Drastu drasha yo sam yoga here here to who? Can you hear this? Like learning Sanskrit is like asana for the tongue. Yeah. It is like it's like hard. And I am very sorry, but I, I definitely butcher all this. If my uh, teacher was here, he would be going like, oh, but <coughs> he's not here, so <laughs> don't tell him. All right. So this is very simple. Uh, we are in the metaphysical again, again. And uh, we're just talking about, so samyogo means the conjunction. So what he's saying is what we've been talking quite a, a bit about, that the problem is that dri uh, means the seer, so the, 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 the seer and the, and the experiencer, uh, or the, sorry, the, the, the seer and the instrument of, this of the seeing has been confused, that the uh, seer, buddhi, no, uh, sorry, that the seer, which is purusha, has been confused with the instrument of seeing, which is our intellect, our buddhi, and that creates a conjunction, that creates a misidentification. That's all he says in this one. Uh, and I think he also says that it's, uh, that is the cause of our suffering, and we should try to avoid that. All right. <coughs> he says, don't do it. All right, so, so number 18 is Prakasha kriya stitishilam butendriyatmakam puga pavadkartam drisham. Repeat after me. Prakasha, Prakasha kriya, kriya stiti shilam butendriya okay. atmakam boga apavar agartam drisham. All right, so the three first word, prakasha, kriya, stiti. So kriya, you know what it means. It means action, it means movement, it means vritti. And stiti, you know a little bit about because it comes from the same words like stitao. We met that in uh, earlier on that we want steadiness. And then prakasha is a light, is like a, a divine light, illumination. So prakasha is the sattvic pr principle, kriya is the rajastic uh, uh, principle, and stiti is the tamasic principle. Yeah. So we're talking about um, uh, those three uh, principles, and we've been talking a little bit about that, so I'll, I will go a little bit uh, quickly over that. So he says, that which is knowable, <coughs> it, it, it when Brian says here, that which is, is knowable is what? What can we know? Prakriti is all we can know. Purusha, we can know. It is, is it, it is that thing beyond. So prakriti is everything we know, everything we experience, every mystical experience we have, every uh, thought, every pre-thought, every weird emotion that's going on that we can't put words on, everything. That is prakriti. Yeah? And then he says, there's something beyond that. What is that? Oh, we don't know. We call it Purusha. And it's permanent. This is the Buddhist. They're like, how do you came to that conclusion? That kind of like, you just like grab that out of the air? Like, anyway. <coughs> but, so, uh, he says that. And, he's, and then he says that, um, 
prakriti, uh, the gunas. So from prakriti comes the gunas. <coughs> from the gunas comes the senses and the elements, and um, that um, and therefore uh, the sense the um, uh, from from prakriti comes the gunas. From the gunas comes the uh, uh, trichitta, the, the 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 three kinds of mind. Um, and from that comes um, the body. Uh, from that comes the senses, the sense organs, um, and the organs of action, which would be our hands and and, uh, and feet and nose and so forth. Uh, um, and then there is the uh, gross elements. Um, uh, let me see if I can remember exactly how it is that they do that. I can't remember. And then there's the subtle elements. Uh, no, then there's the subtle elements, and finally there's the gross elements. And the gross elements is the periodic table. It's like everything, like all this stuff we can touch and so forth. Yeah. So, um, and all of that, like Prakriti, he's just breaking it down a little bit. And this is Sankhya. Um, and there's 24 principles plus, plus Purusha. So of the all of this is what Prakriti consists of, and if you're interested in that, you want to study Sankhya. Um, so he says all of that exists for one single reason, and that is to provide experiences to Purusha, to give Purusha a instrument of uh, an instrument with which. It is possible to experience, it is possible to take action, it is possible to bring awareness to anything, which I, uh, with which it is possible to move and do stuff. Yeah? That's all he says. Okay. Why is that? That's a long story. The next one, <coughs> um, I would like to pretty much go straight over, but here it is. Vishesha avishesha linga matra alingani guna parvani. Repeat after me. Vishesha avishesha linga matra alingani guna parvani. All right, so he says, maybe this is what I just uh, actually just mentioned. So um, he's talking about here that the uh, that prakriti breaks down into the three gunas, and um, uh, and that's a pretty subtle state of affairs we are dealing with here. Um, so when you when the yogi gets better, when we get better, and we when we when we progress and. Uh, evolve through the all these practices, then we have the ability to begin to perceive um, all the way down to this level of the three gunas, which is beyond the kleshas, which is which happens when the kleshas starts to thin out and we can see beyond. Remember this little thing I was doing. So this will be the kleshas. So when we are able to look beyond the kleshas and see what's what's going on there. And then what it says is that there are four levels, and I don't really want to go into that. I also have a hard time myself understanding it, so um, and it's kind of like really detailing. Um, and in this case, uh, Edward Bryant he calls it particular, particularized, unparticularized, distinctive, and indistinctive. 
and uh, we just won't go there today. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so the next one, uh, 220, is Drasta. Wait, wait a minute. Drasta Drishimatraha Shutopi Pratayaya Anupashaha. So, first word is Drasta. Drishi. Matraha. Shutopi. Pratyaya. Anupayash. Anu. <coughs> Sorry, Anupasha. Anupasha. Can we do that again? Yeah. Okay. Drishta. Drishi. Matraha. Shudopi. Pratyaya. Anupasha. Thank you. That was just for my own um, pride, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, so here he's talking one more time about that there is uh, what Purusha is. And he says that Purusha is what sees and what know, knows. He says that Purusha is not taking action, but he observes only. Therefore, he is pure of nature to witness all the experiencing which happens in Prakriti. He is not an active doer. He doesn't get involved. He doesn't get his hands dirty. He stays impartial to anything. He just observes. Therefore, the consequence of that is, of course, that he has no agency. He has no ability to go in to have any direct reach into Prakriti. Therefore, he cannot reward Linda or, uh, or make her suffer uh, in, that in, in anything. That all happens in Prakriti. In that way, Prakriti is considered pretty much a kind of mechanistic machinery that just works by itself, that evolves in an, in, on an, organic, in an organic paradigm, such as you build something up and then it'll come back down. You have an organic uh, matter that grows and at some moment it has outlived it, it, its life, or if you take the water source away, it's very simple, then it will wither again. It's very simple like that. You take a brick, you put it out into the weather, you leave it there for 100 years, there's not much brick left because it, it has been broken down. It's just that. That is how Prakriti works. And this is the, this is the, the law of cause and effect. This is karma in principle. So there's no judgment. It's not like, oh, you put the brick out, I'm going to break it down, God says. It's just like, it's not going to survive out there because the law, the 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 no laws of nature is in place. Is it making sense? And it's like gravity doesn't have judgment, you know, uh, and so forth. It's very free in that way. Okay. Um, so Purusha is therefore the seer and the knower, the true knower. Uh, he's not affected by anything that goes on in Prakriti. He's not taking any actions, therefore he's not building any kleshas. He therefore he's not building any samskaras. Therefore there is going to be no binding, binding towards all this suffering. All there is for Purusha is freedom. Yeah, liberation from all of that. This is why we would like to, to become, to realize we are our Purushas, because it's supposed to be nice. There. Okay. <coughs> Twenty-one. 
Tatarta yeva trishas yatma. Repeat after me. Tatarta eva trishas yatma. Okay, here he says it again. This is the same. That which is uh, all these actions that is going on in Prakriti is only there because Purusha, Purusha needs to uh, get some experiences. So um, sometimes Prakriti is compared to a dancer on a stage and Purusha to the king that sits and watches. And um, with uh, and so the dancer is only there for the uh, pleasure of the king. Does that make any sense? Make any sense? And when the king is satisfied, the dance finish. Yeah. When the king has seen what's going on, the 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 dance the dance is over. Yeah. Um. Let's see if I have anything else to say about that. It is also, I had mentioned that before, it is the key point of contention from contemporary thinkers to Sankhya and Yoga. It is the one they keep attacking this thing. This is the conjunction point. We're talking about conjunctions. Keep attacking that place. Okay. Uh, 22. Kritartam <coughs> Kritartam prati nasta apyanastam tatanya sadaranatvate. Repeat after me. Kritartam prati nastam apyanastam tatanya sadaranatvate. Very good. You do better than me. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so this is, uh, we spoke a little bit about this, I think, after the class yesterday, that um, the idea that uh, Sankhya puts forward, that Patanjali puts forward, is that the moment when the king has seen the dance, the dance finishes, means now the dance ex ceases to exist. It goes away, it is no more. So, I am Purusha, and I am now using the Prakriti, that exists for me, the dancer, to experience all this stuff. Now I have uh, experienced what I need to do. Now Prakriti just falls away. Why? Because it has it has come to its end. It has come. The, its usefulness has come to its end. Yeah. When I am the body here, I have this body. When I no longer need to learn in the way that I can learn with it with the instrument of a body, the body falls away. I need it no longer. When I have evolved into the next stage where I need no body, I just need mind to gain experiences and awareness and consciousness, then I will just be a videha that floats around in space or wherever the videha is. Then when I don't need that shape and form anymore, then well, then I go back to Purusha. Then all is done. Mm, falls away. Falls away. It is two different entities. Yeah. Um, that is the, I the idea of the um, uh, of the uh, 
the conjunction. Let's see what else I wrote about this. And, and and here again, I think I mentioned this in a in a in another uh, context yesterday. But here again, like that idea of the that example of when washing needs to happen, you uh, produce a piece of soap, you produce water, and you produce a cloth with which you can wash. Then you wash. Now you clean. Now the soap and the cloth and the water is of no use anymore. You don't hold on to it. Now you are clean. Now you give it back. Now you don't need it. So Peru, so as if you are a clean person, you do not need soap and water and, and, a, and a towel. Uh, but if you're a dirty person, oh yes, you need it. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Next one. Number 23. Repeat after me. Swaswami. Shaktayo, Shaktayo, Swarupa, Alapti He to Hu, Sam Yogaha. So, this is again Sam Yogaha. Sam Yoga is the conjunction. So, um, so the conjunction is that, uh, this is number 23, that we have that the misidentification that the Buddhi thinks that it is Purusha, and that happens because the Buddhi is a crystal that when it works at its best, it reflects whatever is in front of it. So then it has uh, the Purusha to, to reflect, and then the Ines, it sits here, and they go, I am Purusha, and that is the problem. So um, that's what we are uh, up against. And therefore, we have misunderstood who truly knows and who... Uh, uh, is the instrument of knowing who truly sees, who who sits with the true knowledge, and who is thus just there uh, to help bring that knowledge about. He keeps going over this. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yes, it's very dualistic. It's completely dualistic. So we, you have prakriti on one hand, and then you have purusha on the other hand. And uh, that's a good question because often we hear that uh, yoga is union. But what we're trying to come back to, we're trying to come back to that one state there. No, that is Advaita Vedanta. That is Vedanta, where you believe that you come back to the mother sea and you merge into the mother sea. This is not what is believed. Mm -hmm. What is believed I is that, oh yes, I forgot to uh, explain that in that other one. It, uh, he actually mentioned that in 22 or something. So, I am Purusha. I use my prakriti when my I don't need the prakriti, the instrument of uh, experiencing, when I don't need it anymore, I fall back to my uh, purusha, and that ceases to exist. Prakriti ceases to exist for me, not for you, because you are still in need of your prakriti to make experiences. So, and the same, does, does that make sense? So we go one by one. So today I have cut the conjunction and found out who I really am. The world falls away. It ceases to exist, literally. Tomorrow, you. Tomorrow, Troy. Tomorrow, Gordana. Tomorrow, or the next day, and the next day, and the next day. 
So what he's saying here is that when I become Purusha and the world falls away from me, it doesn't mean that it falls away from everybody. Because it is still needed and it is still real. Yeah? And then, so then today I come up here, boom, and I sit next to Ishvara. Yes, he's also Purusha. He's a special one. He never needed a body. He just got it from the beginning. But me, I went wrong at some moment. But now he's Ishvara, boom, and now he's Tim, Purusha Tim, sits up here. Yeah? And now next comes Troy, boom, he sits here next to Ishvara and Tim. Now that's Purusha Troy. And now, boom, next. So after a while, there's going to be a whole gathering of Purushas up here. All of us here from this course, mm -hmm. we're going to be up there next to Ishvara. Does it make any sense? Mm -hmm. So it's a pluralistic, dualistic philosophy. Bhagavad Gita is a Advaita Vedanta. And if you go in the small studio, you will see next to the window on the right side there is uh, Shankaracharya, who is uh, a philosopher, an Advaita Vedanta philosopher, who is uh, attributed with the great achievement of kicking the Buddha out of South India, <laughs> kicking Buddhist thought out of uh, South India. So you, because Buddha was also uh, Indian, and his uh, thought gained much respect <laughs> about 2,500 years ago, salute. The Sankhya guys was before. So the Buddha and Sankhya, they would discuss a lot here. Then later on, um, uh, Shankaracharya came back and reintroduced some of those concepts from the Upanishads that is pre historically pre previous thoughts to the 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 thoughts of the Buddha, these thinkers, and he would start to he started to like put that back into uh, society, and then his the Shankaracharya's version of like um, philosophical ideas gained more root in South India, and uh, Buddhas more up in the north, and later started to spread out over uh, the rest of the Asian continent. Where did we get to? 24? We just did 23, right? Yeah, okay. Um, number 12. Tasya Hetur Avidya. Repeat after me. Tasya Hetur Avidya. Now this is straightforward. Conjunction happens because we don't know better. Yeah, it's because of the misidentification. We don't know, we think we're Purusha, but we're not. Why do we think we're Purusha? Because the Bodhi uh, has the ability to act like a crystal. So it looks like we're the Purusha, but we're not, we're not it. So sorry to say it. So the whole thing is it lacks. So the whole thing of conjunction happens from the lack of knowing, the ignorance, the, the misunderstanding, the misidentification. Yeah, I'm going to come back in <laughs> quick.
Colombia, it's true, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay, so how do you get rid of this conjunction? So the next one talks about that. Tattapavate sam yoga pavo hanam tattrashehe kaivalyam. So kaivalya means um, uh, liberation. So uh, repeat after me. Tat apavate sam yoga pavo hanam tattrashehe kaivalyam. So um, how do we get rid of the conjunction? Why is the conjunction there? Because we misunderstood. How, what is the basis of misunderstanding? It's because we didn't know better. We didn't know. We were unaware. We la was lacking the knowledge. We were ignorant. That's why it happened. Yeah. So how does the, what is the remedy to not letting the conjunction happen or to <coughs> let it go again? It is to get to know. It is knowledge. It is, it is knowing. Yeah. So this is why in Indian tradition that knowledge is considered sacred because it's the only way out <laughs> of pain. Yeah. This was number 24. No, this is number 25. It's an important one. So basically when ignorance lift when ahvitya when not knowing lifts then the tamasic state lift the heavy uh, layer of slush of suffering lifts and when not knowing isn't there then true knowing is there yeah and when true knowing is there the, there was nothing then misidentification just not happening because we know what is what we know purusha and prakriti is different and so forward. So when that is the case, then conjunction is just gone. Now, and the, the, the bonding goes and the liberation happens by itself. And the way they talk about it again is like light. I think we talked about a little bit about late yesterday. So this is knowing, this is Purusha. Purusha is a light. Then there's a misunderstanding, there's not knowing that comes down over it. It comes down over like a lampshade, like this. So the light has been going everywhere. Now there's a lampshade over it. So now, what is the result? Darkness all around. Yeah, there's no, no, nothing we can figure out here. So we bump up against the furniture, we hurt ourselves. It's a state of suffering. How do we get out of that? We make sure that the, that the, um, that the ignorance disappears, then the light can shine. We make sure that the light, uh, 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 like the, the light has never changed. So we just need to remove ignorance, avidya, the first klesha. Then, then the darkness goes away by itself. And there is no more. It's not like first we need to move ignorance, then we need to take darkness. No. Darkness takes care of itself as long as knowing is there. Yeah? Because the light's always shining. We just don't know. Um, we just need to get the light back. Number 26. Viveka kyati hir aviplava hanopayaha. Repeat after me. Viveka kyati hir aviplava hanopayaha. So, um, the way of knowing 
is to let the light shine, right? Like it's to make sure that the lampshade is gone, that the ignorance is gone. So, and the the way to uh, when the when the ignorance is gone, then the light shines. All truth is there. We <coughs> know everything. Now, so if we want that to happen, we gotta make sure that that uh, the ignorance is gone, that we know everything all the time, continuously, that we can discriminate between right and wrong continuously without interruption. Because if I know what's going on, but then I forget what's going on, and then I know what's going on, then I do not have that state of uh, liberation. Yeah. So uh, what he says here is that we need to, to uh, 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 the, the definition of liberation is to knowing uninterruptedly what is what at all time. That is what we're looking for. A continuous state of knowing. That is that is the definition of kailalya. That is the definition of knowing. <coughs> and another way of saying that that we have reached a level where we have seen through the pain, <coughs> and um, that comes with all the actions, and therefore has stopped all the actions and all the thoughts and so forward. We have unstopped who I am, and therefore we have entered into this state of Viveka, which is discrimination, Kyatihir, which is the lamp of knowledge. That we now uh, exist as the lamp of knowledge, as Purushyot said. Yeah, you okay? You look a little bit like, okay? <laughs> yeah? So I suppose you're, you're like, as far as I can see, we're not really supposed to be able to. Um, to go like, yeah, that's right for me. But we just need like this moment to like have some kind of intellectual idea of the paradigm, the logic behind. That's what we're looking for. This is how they see it. That's all we're looking for. Okay. Um, now the next one you're gonna love. So this is number 27 and it says, um, Pranta Bhumihi Pragna. Repeat after me. Tasya. Saptata. Pranta. This is Pragna. This is not Pranta. There is a. Uh, I think so. Anyway. Bhumihi. Pragna. Oh no, that's Pragna. Alright, good. Alright. So what he says here, Sapta, you know the word Sapta from uh, taking guided class. It is Sapta means seven. <coughs> and Pragna is, um, is uh, knowledge and Bhumi is a state. So what he says here is that uh, this Viveka Kyatir, this true state of knowing that the yogi can, can have, has seven stages. All right, and you know he's going through all this and he's explaining what it is. But here's the interesting thing. He doesn't say what the seven stages are. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, there's seven stages. Figure it out, bye, I'm going for... I'm about to go and get reincarnated in Colombia. So, <laughs> <coughs> all right. I don't know. Um, maybe. Uh, that would be a speculation. Because he doesn't say. So, I don't know. 
and I have not uh, I, I don't know if uh, um, Brian Edwin Brian is saying anything I can't remember about those seven stages I know that uh, my teacher professor Rao he's just like what is it I don't know so all right <coughs> next one 28 and that is the curriculum for today so we're getting does he Two, uh, on page two, and okay, he, he, he talks a little bit about yeah. that. All right, so if you want to know something about that, you can uh, buy this book. <laughs> 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 or you can take a class with Edwin Bryant. Yeah. All, right. All right, so two, uh, 228. <laughs> Repeat after me. Yoga Anga. Yoga Anga. Anushtanat. Ashutikshaye Jnana Ndiptihir Abhiveka Kyatihe So um, what he says here is um, we're getting really close to like our, our Ashtanga Yoga that is the next thing that comes up and he, what he says is that if we practice yoga if we practice the correct steps towards yoga the impurities, as in the kleshas, are thinned and eliminated and falls away. When the kleshas falls away, the kleshas is the lampshade. Oh, sorry, I had stolen your water. Okay. <coughs> when the kleshas falls away, tuk, illumination arises by itself because it's just because the lampshade wasn't there. That was the only problem from the beginning. It wasn't that there was no light. And when that happens, then, then we get wisdom, we get wise, we get discriminative wisdom, we get the ability to know, we become knowers of true knowledge. Uh, and, and then when that is uninterrupted, then uh, we will uh, live in a state of discriminative discernment at all times. Yeah? So he, this uh, sutra is leads into the next one and I was thinking today should I should I teach it today or tomorrow but this sutra says if you practice yoga correctly then all this is coming yoga anga is the first thing so you can hear we are very close to ashtao anga he there which is the next one which we will not go over so he says yamani yama asana pranayama pratyahara tarana dhyana samarayo ashtavangani so yamani yama asana pranayama pratyahara taram dhyana is the uh, eight limbs of yoga we go there tomorrow Kira, how are you doing today was abstract day tomorrow is like a little bit more juicy a little bit more like yeah i can use that for something in my life today was um, what is it that patanjali builds his methodology upon that was today's uh, like really little bit quick yeah I was even thinking about not like just skipping it all together but thank you very much
Hey everyone, thanks for being with us through this lecture series with Tim Feldman on the Yoga Sutras. If you haven't been following along this series, you should go back and listen to parts 1 through 4. Each lecture builds upon the previous one. So in order to get a comprehensive idea about the first two chapters of the Yoga Sutras, which is what Tim covers, it's nice to go through all of the lectures. This is part 5 and we have one more releasing sometime next week, so stay tuned. If you're interested in practicing or studying more with Tim, there are some opportunities coming up in our Ashtanga Practitioners Intensive starting June 14th. It's our one-month course, which he teaches alongside Kino McGregor. He will also be doing a six-day Mysore-style intensive with afternoon Yoga Sutra lectures in November. You can find all of this information on our website, miamilifecenter.com, with sign-up and information about applying for our one-month course. Or you can just email us at info at miamilifecenter.com if you have any questions. Or reach out to us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or suggestions, reach out. Or come practice with us in South Beach. We'd love to have you on the mat. Hope to see you soon. Namaste.